to the Healthy Tips Podcast, produced by the Better Living Institute and sponsored by AppJudo for your software needs, BulletPad for writing lists on your iPad, and also sponsored by our listeners. That's folks like you. We're Kira and Bill Van Ittersom, and welcome to today's show. Today we're talking about healthy family snacking tips. I like snacking tips. I like snacking. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone in the Van Anderson household likes snacking. It's especially important for us in that several days a week we have the kids, the grandkids, that is, after school. I pick them up. And some days the littlest one, who's in preschool still, is taking a nap while she's here. Then I go pick up the older two, seven and nine bring them home, and they're like ravenous wolves. (laughs) I imagine your kids, and perhaps if you're a sitter like us, grandkids are ravenous wolves too. (laughs) So the first thing to be aware of when we're talking about snacks is plan ahead. It's very important to know what kinds of snacks you have available and what kind of at least healthy options you can give the children when they arrive home. You know, they'd like to just go into the cupboard and at home, I know they'd probably just take sugary cereal and get a bowl of it and go sit on the couch and read their book. Or Oreos or, you know, any Uh other kind of cookies (laughs) or candy. Yeah. If there were no adult supervision, this is exactly what they would do. And I can remember when I was a child, it was often a bowl of ice cream or maybe some cream pie or something that my mom had in the freezer. She really did not monitor it all that well. So... I'm aware of this. I'm aware of these little tricks they have. And so I often have to be really ahead of the game and make sure that I have some really healthy things for them to eat. That's what we're going to get into today. I also like to involve the kids when time allows, when they're not so inundated with homework and things. I will actually invite them into the kitchen to help me make their snacks. We like to do things like spread peanut butter on apple or you know, something the kids, it's easy for them to do. They also like to build things like bugs on a log where you take peanut butter or some other cheese spread, put it on some celery sticks, and then decorate it with some raisins. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a very munchy and delicious treat. And we learned that trick from our oldest son's kindergarten teacher. He's now in his late 30s, so this trick goes back 32 years <laughs> for bucks out of luck. Yeah. And it's been a really healthy, very enjoyable snack. Of course, we don't have any kind of nut allergies in our household or, you know, my sons or my grandkids. So we don't really have to worry about the nut allergies, peanuts or any of the other ones. And that makes it easier to plan snacks and have fun along those lines. Certainly, it's Very easy for them to take out a butter knife and spread their own peanut butter. And also, that's a really nice snack for adults, too. We really enjoy that snack. I know you love bugs on a log yourself, Bill, and often eat them at night when we're watching television. It's great fiber. Really, really excellent fiber. And the fiber is so healthy for your colon. Mm -hmm. Now, another thing I want to bring up when you're talking about kids, too, is You can't just allow kids to take things without permission. I've mentioned that, you know, I don't let them come home and just go in and grab anything. But anytime they're here throughout the day, they know the rule is that they cannot go into the kitchen and just take things without permission. 
And when they do that, Grandma goes on the rampage. <laughs> I really don't like it. I well, really... they end up in timeout like, pretty much right now. <laughs> yeah, I really want them to be aware that food is fuel, and it really does affect performance. It especially affects children's performance. If they go into the kitchen and have sugar, I can depend on it. <laughs> They're going to be bouncing off the walls in about 20 minutes, if not sooner. Their behavior has a great deal to do with how they eat. I want them to have good behavior. I don't want to be the Wicked Witch of the West when they're visiting us. When it's nicer weather, we take them to the park and they have these play structures. We call it the castle park because the play structure is in the shape of a castle and has bridges and it has firemen's poles and it has all kinds of different things connected to it. And it's quite large. And they run all over that. And we often take the opportunity to walk around the enclosure while they're playing inside. So we can kind of watch them and watch their behavior as well as their position while we're doing some of our walks. But lately in the Midwest, and this is February 2015, we are now experiencing some of the coldest weather that we've had in anywhere from 60 on record yeah, <laughs> 60 to 130 years of reporting so uh, not too many people are walking outside today the kids are stuck inside as well so there's another reason why we have to be so careful about how much sugar goes into their bodies they do like to have smoothies and this is another area where they can be invited into the kitchen when we make smoothies, we use frozen fruits and we cut up vegetables. We use bananas and several other different kinds of things. What's really interesting them. about a smoothie is that you can hide a lot of really good things for them that they would not normally eat. Things like raw spinach, kale, beets, those kind of things. You know, kids don't typically pick those up and just jam them into their mouth. But in a smoothie... It's disguised. They don't even really know that it's there. I do allow them to help out in the kitchen when we're making smoothies. The one thing they're understanding is that things they normally would not like taste very good in a smoothie. <laughs> and they're very happy to drink it. So, now, of course, we don't happen to acknowledge that the spinach is in there or the kale is in there or the beets are in there. And if they're not in the kitchen at the point where we're cutting those up, washing them, cutting them, putting them into the smoothie, then none's the wiser, mom's the word. <laughs> yes, actually, that's quite true. And I actually do have some things that I put into their smoothies on a regular basis that they may not be aware of. Sometimes I'm also adding in a little bit of healthy oils and uh, maybe some spices and things that they're not aware of. When they drink it, they really enjoy it. The one thing is they trust me. They know that pretty much anything I'm putting in there is going to taste good when it's all done. Well, the bananas end up adding to the sweet taste. And, of course, the frozen blueberries and the frozen strawberries add to the sweeter taste. And then we'll use some apple cider to help kick up the sweet taste a little bit more. It's not a sweet smoothie. I don't want to leave that impression. It's not like a malted milkshake or something along that line. No, not being any But means. it doesn't taste like a green drink either. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't use a lot of sweetener, but just enough to sort of sweeten the palate a little bit. Another thing is that I think what these smoothies do demonstrate, healthy foods can really taste great. 
That's why I like them. And that's why I like the kids in the kitchen when we're cooking things, because sometimes I'll have them help me make things like banana bread or things that we put together with very healthy ingredients. And they can see that they can have a treat if they don't overdo it and if it has really good, healthy ingredients. Now, we need to take just a second to thank one of our sponsors. We'll be back in a sec. Time to thank one of our sponsors. Today's show is sponsored by BulletPad, the fun and intuitive app for writing outlines and organizing your thoughts on your iPad. With BulletPad, you can quickly create a hierarchical list of bullet points, giving structure to your great ideas. BulletPad is an outstanding tool for writers, thinkers, and folks like you. Begin organizing today. Get BulletPad for free. Just go to the App Store on your iPad and search for BulletPad. And we're back. Another thing I want to say about cooking in the kitchen with kids is you can incorporate a lot of veggies and things in recipes other than just smoothies. You can put things like cauliflower or broccoli or other greens and puree them up in the blender and just throw them in a spaghetti sauce. And if your kids like spaghetti sauce, as most kids do, that usually is pretty successful. There are cookbooks now that you can buy. Some of you may be aware of them. I have one that I especially like. It's called Deceptively Delicious, written by Jessica Seinfeld. And yes, this is Jerry Seinfeld's wife. This book was copyrighted in 2007 and produced by the Departure Productions, LLC. Deceptively Delicious. Some really great recipes in there. All kinds of really simple foods that you can make with the kids right in the kitchen. Now, one of the things that we are constantly helping to educate the grandkids, and of course ourselves too, is that food is a fuel. Now, our grandson is underweight for his size and age, and his daddy has some plans for him to gain some weight, not by just jamming calories, but having more protein and having more vegetables. And so we talk about what would be the difference between different things that he might eat in terms of helping to gain body mass, one thing that Kira likes to emphasize is that their body, all three of their bodies, are like Ferraris. <laughs> right. <laughs> they need to treat it like a high-performance machine because that's really what it should be if you're feeding it the proper fuel and, and treating it as it should be treated. Getting plenty of exercise and lots of rest, the machine is going to carry you through for a long time. If you don't take care of it, then you're going to have problems. And I really want them to understand that the body really is a machine and it does function much better when we feed it the right things. Most of the people in our family are pretty healthy eaters. At home, they do have a lot of things available to them like sugary treats and those kind of things. However, they're not allowed to eat them all the time. They're sitting on the counters and they do get them ever so often, much more often than they get them here. But they are not allowed to eat them all the time, just in limitless quantities. And I'm really grateful for that. Another thing is that it really is important to recognize that each person has different needs. You know, one person might need more energy. Our little underweight grandson, he's about 50 pounds and he's like nine years old. He is just bouncing off the walls all the time. He's a very high energy child. And our granddaughter, who is about a year younger than him, she tends to be very solid. I wouldn't say she's overweight at all. Not at all. She, very muscular. She's very muscular. She's very active. 
but she eats like a horse, you know, and him, it's difficult to get him to eat. So when I'm feeding him, I'm very aware of what I'm feeding him. I want him to have something with a little bit more calories. And the odd thing about him is that he sort of resists anything that is going to put weight on him. So one thing I've discovered he really loves is the little tangerines. They're clementines in a little tiny wooden box, or Mm -hmm. they're also called cuties from a different manufacturer. And these are the miniature tangerines, and they're all zipper skin in the sense that the skin's just easily peel off. So I just let him eat those at will. If he wants to eat them, he can eat them all day long as far as I'm concerned. It's a very good thing for him to eat, and he really loves them. It's a great source of vitamin C, and he doesn't have so many that we're looking at the sugar balance issues becoming concerned about the sugar balance or getting out of balance. Mm -hmm. It's not like he eats five or six or ten at a time. No, but he might eat three or four. I might have one for each of them packed in the car that they can eat on the way home. And then after he's home, he might ask for one and then he might ask for another. They're small. There's only about eight or sometimes nine slices in each one, segments, what do you call it? And we never really have to be concerned about him overeating. He's just not a big eater to begin with. So I'm always delighted when I find something he does really enjoy eating. We need to take another break to thank another sponsor. We'll be back in a sec. Also sponsoring our show today is AppJudo, your complete web and mobile application development service. AppJudo uses the best technologies and computer science principles to build attractive and intuitive user interfaces that your customers will easily understand and love to use. Whether you want to design and build a new app or refactor and redesign an existing app, AppJudo can help make your project a success. Visit AppJudo today at www.appjudo.com. And we're back again. One of the things I want to talk about in terms of family snacking is you can't really go wrong if you're sticking with the basic foods. Things like vegetables, fruits, nuts, nut butters, hummus, cheeses, yogurt, whole grain products, and healthy water. I like to give my kids really good substantial food, and that doesn't include things like cookies and cakes and sugary candies and any of that sort of nonsense. They do like, especially the hard cheeses, we usually use a Colby cheese in the little chunks, and they're allowed to help cut it off. In this case, they don't use a butter knife, but we help them with a sharper knife, and they're able to cut their own slices, and then they can have a whole wheat cracker with that. Or sometimes they just like to eat a plain with apple slices. Yes, they love it with apple slices. And another thing that we do is we steer clear of all the sugary drinks, you know, no Kool-Aid or even juices, actually. And we have made fresh juices with the kids. We do have a juicer. We've done that for them. And I used to do it early on when they were small and really growing fast. They love to be in the kitchen doing that. But you can overdo it even when you're doing sugary juices. So I like to monitor that. We don't allow a lot of things that you would buy at the store that are made with refined flowers and the bad oils and all that sort of thing. White sugar. If we're going to have cakes and cookies, I tend to make them at home and I involve the kids in making them and it's really a lot of fun for them. So we want to stay away from things like the refined flowers, the white sugar, high fructose corn syrup, 
hydrogenated, bleached, or over-refined oils, all of that, you're not going to find that in our kitchen, and they're not going to be eating it. They helped Grandma make one of the last loaves of banana bread a week or so ago, and it was baked in time before they left, before their parents picked them up. So they did get to each have a very hot slice of banana bread coming out of the oven. Of course, that's a sit for a little while, but it was done in enough time, but still nice and warm. And they got to have fresh made banana bread with butter on it. And And no gluten. (laughs) gluten (laughs) In fact, you'll see that recipe. If you look at our website, you'll find a recipe for that banana bread. If you look for our gluten-free baking podcast. Which is the one just prior to this one. Okay. So, (laughs) So just go to our website and you'll see all that along with this post. So that's our show for today. Bill and I want to thank you for listening to the Healthy Tips podcast. To subscribe to our show, go to the iTunes podcast and look for Better Living Institute, the Healthy Tips podcast. There you'll also find all of our podcasts produced by the Better Living Institute, the Book Talk podcast, the Love Stories podcast, the Happy Kids podcast, the Happiness Experience podcast, and today's podcast, the Healthy Tips podcast. At the Better Living Institute, we're creating health, wealth, and happiness, one loving conversation at a time. You can also find our podcast and view all of the great stories, photos, and links that we post by visiting our website at www.betterlivinginstitute.com. While there, please go to our contact page and leave us a comment. Kira and I encourage you to send us some feedback. And also, let us know if you have an interest in a specific health topic. You can also like and message us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com forward slash Better Living Institute. In addition, our email address is feedback at betterlivinginstitute.com. We hope you'll listen again next time. And remember to share our show with your friends and family. This is Kieran Bill Van Ittersom for the Better Living Institute saying so long for now, everyone. 